Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to finish up this little series of stories of my life, talking about how I was able to connect the dots between my hurt and my experiences and other people's experiences at book club. If you've been listening for the last few episodes, then you know I've just kind of been going through recent stories of my life, how I got to this place. And last week, I talked about just going through some just hurtful and painful situations with our church that we were a part of and a camp that I loved and just how I, how I was just really broken and yet how God used that brokenness and pain for good in my life, helped me to become more aware of other people's pain and just the the overarching problems that we have going on right now within Christianity, specifically evangelical Christianity. And so I just want to talk today about kind of how I was able to connect those dots and what I think the real problem is more than just surface behavior stuff and things that we can point fingers at. I think we have a real heart problem. And I'm going to talk about that today. So as I was originally starting to connect these dots between my story and these other women's stories that I had read, their memoirs, and people who were just hurt by the evil evangelical church. At first, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, my cult, our leader, Bill Gothard, had way more influence than I ever imagined. And that's exactly where my mind went. I just assumed that somehow my leader had more influence, which I mean, I think to a certain degree is true. If you look at all the different people who went to his seminars and how his Basic and advanced seminars were just very well accepted in the evangelical culture in the 70s and 80s and even 90s. I do think he had a lot of influence, but he wasn't the only one at that time that was kind of had the same idea of this heavy emphasis on authority and um, patriarchy. And I mean, the, the purity movement of the 90s, that was not Bill Gothard. That came out of other things. And yeah, there was probably some push from people like us that were super conservative, but we were doing our own crazy purity stuff at that point in time. We were doing like courtship. So, I mean, you want to talk purity culture, let's talk about how you can't even hold hands until you're married. Yeah. So I think there was this underlying cultural thing going on within the Christianity at that point in time. And there's definitely a bubble world that you can get sucked into and just you only see your own echo chamber of thought. And so, yeah, there's just a lot going on. But I think beyond that, if we go even deeper, it's so easy to just look at surface problems and just focus on these surface things that are happening and point fingers. But I think if we go even deeper than that, we're going to discover an issue at the heart of every human. And that's where we need to be because it's heart issues that matter. And that's where the change happens is in our heart. We can try to control behavior, ours, other people's and whatever, and you can make people look pretty good. But your heart is still going to be corrupt and it's going to be screwed up and it's going to be a mess because we are broken people who desperately need a savior and we cannot save ourselves. And I'm just so curious, like, why do we fall for this stuff? I see legalism and just this behavior-based Christianity across the spectrum. I mean, you can have traditional legalists, which I would say like conservative, lots of rules, very conservative rules. but I've met liberal legalists. They just have a different set of rules and behavior expectations, but they're just as 
determined that their way is the right way. And these are the things we have to follow in order to be a good person. So where does that come from? Why are we so desirous of control? And why do we always fall for people who promise us things? Who promise us that we follow these formulas that we will get a, a desired result? Why? Why do we fall for that? Well, shortly after we joined our new church, I was invited to book club. And if you've listened to the beginning of my podcast, you may have heard me reference this before. So I am not a book club kind of person. Like, I don't know how to explain this. If you are, that's great. It's fantastic. I'm so happy for you. I'm just not literary like that. I like to read and I like ideas, but I, I like I like the process of ideas more than I like actual words and like phrases and stuff like that. So book club was like way out of my comfort zone, but I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? I, I need some new friends. I don't know anybody here. So I, I'll go to book club. And I did. I made it through one book at book club. I was right. It is not my, uh, not my natural space to inhabit. I definitely felt like I was not getting it. Like the conversation was not at my level. And, um, there was one time in particular when they were discussing their favorite pencils. And I was like, I didn't even know you could have a favorite pencil, but apparently there's this whole store in New York City where, I mean, there used to be, I don't know if it's still there or not, thanks COVID, but there used to be this whole store that sold pencils and that's what they sold. And uh, they spent a lot of time talking about how they'd been to the store and what favorite pencil they were and all this stuff. And I was like, I like pens, um, preferably black ones, uh, like the ones that are smooth. <laughs> And that's where I was. And it was just not, like I said, not my thing. But book club itself was amazing in that it just helped me to piece these pieces together and make sense of what's going on in our Christian world. And we read this book called Recapturing the Wonder by Mike Cosper. And it's about spiritual disciplines of all things. I was not super excited about reading it at first because I kind of have a thing, um, against spiritual disciplines automatically just because they were shoved on me all the time back in the cultic days. And so I tend to react right away and then like, oh, okay, this is a good thing. So the book was actually great because it just helped me to really rethink spiritual disciplines and getting together with people and drinking tea and talking about literature was, it was, it was good. I mean, it was stretching. It was great. But there was one sentence in this book by Mike Casper that just jumped at me. And I feel like it's just given me clarity and understanding for like everything that I talk about and write about and I'm passionate about. And he said, religion is the business of appeasing gods. And he was actually talking about like how we can get really into these little gods in our life, like coffee and exercise and stuff like that, movies, entertainment. But that sentence just nailed me because I was like, this is what's going on. Religion is the business of appeasing gods. And suddenly I just felt like, oh my word, I know that we served a fake God in my cult. He was not the actual Jesus at all. But I look across Christianity, especially religious Christianity, as I call it now. And there are so many people trying to appease these gods that they've created that is not the real God. And I was like, bam, that's the, that's the thing. That's what connects us. That's what connected every one of these women who left their church and their faith. That's what connected me and my experiences back in the cult, as well as my experiences more recently with Christianity. It was this 
appeasing gods by religious behavior. Let's be, let's perform, let's behave, let's make sure that we're doing the things to make God happy with us and to give us the desired desired results. And I, ugh, we are such broken people. I don't think we stop to really recognize that enough. I think we're just so quick to be like, good self-esteem. I must think highly of myself. But we've got to realize the truth about ourselves. Yes, we are beloved and there is beauty within each person because we've been created in the image of God, but we are corrupted. We are broken. And at the very core of our being, we have this desire to be religious. And you can see it everywhere. I mean, you see it in any of the religions that you know are not talking about the true God. As people try to work and earn their way to heaven, never knowing if it's actually going to be enough. Always trying to do these things to make the gods happy with them and try to get them something and get, you know, heaven or eternity or whatever they're trying to gain. It's always this human effort working, working, working. But there is so much of that same kind of human effort within the Christian bubble. It's just devastating. And if you read the Bible for yourself, you will see we cannot do enough to make God happy with us. We are broken and we cannot fix ourselves. And there's nothing that we can do to make God happy with us. We can't appease him with our actions. We cannot do it. And yet we try. And we've tried from the very beginning. I've said this before. When Adam and Eve sinned and they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they instantly became religious because they hid and they did. They hid from the presence of God and tried to fix it themselves. They made fig leaf clothes and they tried to fix it. Oh, we're fine. We're, we're, how do you know? And that's religion. Rather than coming in humility and saying, we messed up, we screwed it up. And God pursues them. Like God has always pursued us. The real God pursues with love and grace. And then he takes care of the problem himself. He is the solution. He wants to restore that relationship with himself. That is the point. That's the point of the Bible. That's the point of Jesus coming. That's the point of true Christianity is that restoration between humans and God who made them. If you read the Bible, you're going to see that theme over and over and over again. We can't do it by ourselves. We are desperately broken. We need a savior. And yet, guys, this is what we do. And I see it in my cult. I see it in the churches these days. I see it within evangelical Christianity. I can see it within politics. I see it everywhere. We are naturally enemies of God. We don't want to admit that we're enemies. We don't want to admit that we can't, but we screw him up. We come up with crazy ideas about who he is rather than actually reading the Bible for ourselves and figuring out who he is. And then we try to make these fake gods happy. We create these fake ideas of who he is and then we try to make them happy. And it is bogus and it's never going to work. And that's where all the pain comes from and all the hurt comes from and everything. But the real God has made it so simple. When you think about it, he has pursued us relentlessly for thousands of years. He's given us the entire Bible that we have at our fingertips in our phones or on paper or everywhere these days that we can read it and discover who he actually is and what he wants from us, which is faith and a relationship. And yet we do everything we can to run away from that. We just want this world to work for us. We don't want to admit that we have problems and we need help. 
and we we're just we just fake it. We just fake it and we fake him and it's just a giant mess. But God has not given up on us. He loves us so much. And that is why I see this whole last year as a gift from him. Because if nothing else, it has exposed the corruption of humanity. It's exposed our inadequacy to fix it by ourselves. We cannot fix it. There's no right person who has all the right ideas and is going to make it right. It's just not going to happen. The only hope of restoration is through Jesus Christ. Us humbling ourselves in repentance, changing our minds about who we are, about what we need, about who he is, and accepting his gift of forgiveness and life that he offers us. He wants to restore us. He's done everything possible to restore us. We don't need to do anything else. Just accept that gift from him of forgiveness and restoration because of Jesus Christ. And then we need to get in the Bible and find out who he is. We need to begin to talk with him and pray and experience this amazing relationship that's possible because of Jesus Christ, because he wants us, because that's the goal. Guys, can you imagine what would happen if people actually got this? If we actually understood that there is this amazing being out there who made us, who knows us, who loves us, and who wants to heal us? Maybe not physically, maybe we're still die. I mean, obviously we're still going to die and things are going to happen, but he wants to heal our souls. He wants to just restore us, to bring us into this relationship with himself, to give us purpose, identity, and understanding of how loved we are. Because as broken as we are, we are even more loved. We are adored by the man, by the God who created us, by the God man who was revealed in Jesus Christ. He adores us. And he longs to bring us back into that relationship with him, but he will not push. He is kind and gracious and loving, and he will allow us to walk away. Guys, there is brokenness within Christianity right now, within our modern flavor of Christianity, within our evangelical Christianity that goes far beyond politics and sides and issues and whatever else. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we are missing some core theological truths, partly because we don't read our Bibles and partly because we do read a lot of stuff from other people who may or may not be right. Um, There's just been generations of wishy-washy Christian teaching or hyper-legalistic, ridiculous teaching. And we are missing out on these core theological truths from scripture about who God is who we are and what our world is and why we want more from it than we're getting. So we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks just hitting these theological things that I think we need to understand. If we're going to have solid faith in this crazy world that we live in, if we're going to have a relationship with God that is not based on emotions or things like that, we've got to understand these truths. And so we're going to start talking about that next week. As always, I'm always excited to talk to you. Thank you for listening to me passionately ramble and talk too fast. I appreciate it. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.